from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they actually love, and create actual, real, amazing relationships. George Camel, Ramsey personality, star of the new YouTube sensation channel called, oddly enough, the George Camel channel. Real creative. Yes, very creative. And uh, co-host of the exploding uh, popular podcast and YouTube show, Smart Money Happy Hour with our own Rachel Cruz, is my co-host today as we answer your questions about your life and your money. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Jane starts this hour in Chicago. Hi, Jane. How are you? Hi, Dave. How are you guys? Better than we deserve. What's up? So I'm trying to get some advice on whether or not I should buy another used car or buy a new car. Um, I have a 2012 Hyundai Sonata now. I've already paid $4,000 in repairs, and the car is still not fixed. It's overheating. I've been kind of getting to run around with mechanics, and I just don't want to keep dumping money into the car. Um, I got it from an auction, so it's a salvage title. There's that. I don't know if that makes a difference. Um, I have about $90,000 between a CD, which doesn't mature until April of next year. I have a loft in probably about 60000 that's liquid. Um, so I was just going to buy like a Toyota Camry for 30000 But I didn't know if it was smart to buy a cash car. I mean, buy a car cash or what to do. That I is the me? only smart thing to do when it comes to cars. So do you do you have okay. any debt whatsoever? No, I have no debt. Well, I have a mortgage. Okay. And then what's your income? Uh, after taxes, forty thousand. I would not buy a thirty thousand dollar car if I made forty. That's just too much of your world tied up in that depreciating asset. Is there something in between we could get, like a fifteen thousand dollar car, and we sell off the Santa Fe for what we can get for it? Yeah, I could. I just, I didn't hey, know Jane. how reliable. Hey, Jane. Yeah, I want to. Hey, Jane. Yeah. You're pissed off and sick of your car breaking down. And that frustration is getting ready to cause you to overdo this decision. Okay. I don't blame you. Nothing makes you more mad than sitting on the side of the dadgum road or taking something back to get it fixed four times and it's still not fixed. That's enough to make you do something stupid. And you're about to, if you're not careful. Just because you're mad. I don't blame you for being frustrated. What you're going through is frustrating, but you don't go from a $2,000 car to a $30,000 car in one fell swoop when you make forty grand. That's that's in the column of dumb, girl. You don't want to do that. Just because you're mad. I I mean, I get it, okay? You want something that when I turn the key, it by God starts, don't, don't you? Yes. And you can get that for less than 30, honey. So here, here's the, here's the overall thing you got to think of when you're making decisions like this. What do people who have millions of dollars who started with nothing, what did they do in situations like this? And we've actually studied them over 10,000 millionaires that we studied and they did not buy brand new vehicles before they had at least a million dollars in net worth. Uh, because brand new vehicles go down in value. Like George just pointed out to you, you're going to have too much of your life point because that 30 is going to turn into 15 in about 20 seconds. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. Cars go down in value like a rock. That's why Chevy has that commercial like a rock. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
So you can get you a really nice used car in the smart column for ten or $15,000 that will that is going to be a bazillion times better than that piece of crap you've been dealing with, and I don't blame you for getting rid of it, and you've got the money to pay cash for it, and of course you pay cash for it. Car payments are what middle-class people do, and it's not a bad thing, but if you want to be middle-class, keep a car payment. It pretty much guarantees you're always going to be middle-class from a wealth-building perspective because you just always got a car payment. And uh, yeah. it's the middle-class thing of stupid. And uh, rich people do some stupid things. Middle-class people do stupid stuff. Poor people do poor, stupid stuff. But it's different stupid stuff. And the middle-class mm-hmm. one is the car payment. That's the one mathematically that takes you down. So please pay cash and please buy you a nice used car for under $20,000, preferably like George suggested around. With a clean title this time. Yeah, no salary. And get title. it inspected. Get a pre-purchase inspection. It'll cost you 100 bucks, and it'll give you peace of mind. Yeah, you want to get, get something where you do turn the key and it turns on. But you can get a wonderful vehicle right now for $15,000. That will drive you for the next decade. A wonderful vehicle. Uh, and there's lots of, you know, the, the thing is, the way they build cars now, they last if you take care of them. Now, not necessarily if they've been in a flood or whatever the salvage situation was that caused this thing to have an overheating problem that they can't figure out and its electronic brain is probably fried or whatever it is. But, yeah, no salvage type. Don't look for a uh, the wrong kind of bargain. Look for something that is dependable, 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 low miles, and that that you know it just it just screams it's gonna and let me see you said a toyota camry hey a fifteen thousand dollar camry right now that's a great yeah. car it might be it's 10 years car. old and it'll last another 10 or it's 20 yeah i mean it'll you can get a lot fine. of american-made stuff a lot of a lot of foreign-made stuff that that is and for that matter half the foreign-made stuff is now made in america it's all a weird so, mix yeah toyota truck plant is all made here you know so there you go nissan made right here outside of nashville so uh you know you you just uh, who makes what anymore but anyway the the, the point being not uh, waving a flag but the point being just get something that works and that is uh consistent and um george it's important to point out to everybody that that is not just uh jane we all have this thing of we do two things in our culture we we say three things i'll throw in a third one while i'm thinking of off the top of my head here safety reliability yep. And status cause us to buy way more vehicle than you can afford. And your car is safe and it is reliable. And no, it doesn't have any status. So shut up. But so what? If you attract people into your life because of what you drive, you did not attract quality humans. Mm. And when you have a kid, you don't need to go buy a Tahoe for the kid. That often happens. They go, well, Dave, we got kids now. We got to get the most gigantic, oh, for expensive the kid, yeah. SUV for yeah. the kid. I you're going to give the 16 year old a tie. Well, a guy doing. called the other day. He had a hoopty car, engine transmission issues, and he went and financed a $60,000 car. Yeah. Because made, of his car again, issues. Made that same. That's another hint. Okay. Unless you suddenly inherited $2 million, you don't need to make a jump 10X in your car. So if your car is worth three grand and you're jumping to 30, hint, you're probably Slow screwing down. up. And Jane's point, I made that point to her too. Okay, I've done all of this stuff. That's how I know. I did, I've done stupid with zeros on the end. I have a PhD in DUMB, people. That's how I know it. So we're here with you. We're walking with you. We're just a little further down the road than some of you. That's nice why pun, we Dave. do this show. Good pun. This 
<laughs> is the Ramsey Show. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney, and one of the most common questions I get is how to get something off your chest. A deep secret you've never told anyone, or maybe something that happened to you, something you've done that you're worried about because bringing it to light will disrupt your life, anything. I say this all the time, secrets will kill you, but it's hard to know where to start when it comes to talking about scary, dark things. Therapy can be a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I've personally been blessed to have a great therapist who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's flexible because it's online, so you can suit it to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Honored to have uh, Entree Leadership Summit full of great thought leaders next week. Great people talking about leadership and talking about business. I'm really excited to be with about 3,000 folks. One of the folks I'm excited to be with is one of our speakers, Dr. Jordan Peterson, uh, author of the huge bestseller, 12 Rules of Life, and uh, personal terrorizer of all things Twitter. <laughs> uh, enjoyed getting to, looking forward to getting to spend some time with him, and we wanted to have him on today to talk just a little bit. Welcome, Dr. Peterson. How are you? Thank you. Good, good. How are you doing? Doing great, man. We're excited to have you next week. Thanks for coming. Hey, my pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. You've been uh, you've been on the road, Europe. It looks like all over the place, huh? Yeah, for a long time. Yeah. I don't know. We've been 400 cities, my wife and I, something like that, in the last wow. couple of years. Yeah, it's been a uh, been a brutal run. It looks like so. Uh, Nashville will be one of the stops on the state side, as we said next week. So, with these leadership guys talking next week, what is what is the plan for your keynote? What are you going to be talking about? Probably about vision and. I thought that's something we could discuss today in, in, in principle as well. Yes, I, I completely agree with that. I've looked at a lot of the stuff and a lot of your comments, not only on uh, wealth inequality issues, but also just on the personal, the psychology of handling money. One of the things we say around Ramsey all the time is personal finance is 80% behavior. It's only 20% head knowledge, and getting the guy in the mirror to behave is, is the battle. And, and you've, you've got a lot to say uh, on that subject. So talk about what you've discovered uh, around the correlation between just a, a mental uh, stability, a mental maturity, mental health maturity, and, and that, how that correlates to wealth. Well, people, it's easy to presume that the reason people are poor is because they don't have enough money. But that's an oversimplification. Very few complex things are attributable to a single cause. Um, I had lots of clients who were much better off when they had no money at all. Those were often people who had addiction problems because as soon as they had any money at all, they're just in the bar and into the cocaine until they were face down in a ditch. And so there's, there's all sorts of causes of poverty and certainly one form of poverty and one cause of poverty is absence of a plan. I mean, you need to develop a vision for your life and that makes 
delaying gratification, for example, and not engaging in impulsive momentary pleasure worthwhile because you're building towards something that you actually want to attain. And we're very, very bad at in our society, like appallingly and miraculously bad at helping people develop a vision. We don't do it with students in school, for example, not at all. And it's it's really, like I said, it's a miracle of stupidity. So <laughs> it is, it truly is. It's the, it's the number one thing we should be teaching people and we don't do it at all. Who do you want to be and why? What do you want your life to look like in five years? What are you building towards? Why are you gratification assuming you are why are you saving for example or working like what what's your vision what makes it worthwhile and how do you even come up with a notion like that and, and the strange thing the strange thing Go is ahead. when you have a vision that's very very clear in high definition uh burnout just kind of goes away you get tired like your schedule has been horrendous but you're not burnt out you're probably tired but you're not burnt out yeah well i mean look all the positive emotion we feel that uh, except for the type that is just a consequence of basic satisfaction you know the sort of satisfaction you might have after a big meal all the enthusiasm and excitement and hope and curiosity essential meaning in life all of that all of that is experienced in relationship to a goal when you see yourself moving towards a goal then you're inspired you have you have hope you have enthusiasm you have energy um you can communicate effectively and enthusiastically. No goal, you have none of that. No vision, no goal. So you're not going to get tired and, and feel, what would you say, hard done by if your sacrifices and the difficult things that you're endeavoring to do are clearly worthwhile by your own definition. Now, and one of the things I do, I have an exercise online called, it's at selfauthoring.com called Future Authoring. And we built this to help people develop a vision. And one of the things we ask people to do is just to sit for 15 minutes, write for 15 minutes. Badly, here's the game. Imagine you were taking care of yourself like someone you cared for. So imagine someone you care for and pretend that's you. Maybe it's a son or a daughter or a friend. Now imagine five years down the road. You can have what you want and need. You can be who you are, but you have to figure out what it is. What is it? What do you want? What do you need? And, and don't worry about getting it right. Just get it down for 15 minutes. That's a good start. The whole exercise you can do in about 90 minutes, but we had students do that, say, before they went to university. And just doing it for 90 minutes, developing that vision, dropped their dropout rate 90 or 50%. 50% and increased the grade point average 35%. And that just shows you how badly it had been done before because students went to university with no vision. They had no idea what they were doing there. And so of course they didn't, half of them didn't succeed because they had no idea why they were doing anything. Well, that's not helpful or wise. And the reason that's the case, by the way, is because our school system was set up to produce mindless, obedient workers by essentially by fascists at the end of the 1800s. And that's well-documented historically. It was based on the Prussian military model and they wanted to produce obedient soldiers. And we haven't updated our notion of what schools are for, for 140 years. Yeah, Ken Coleman you know? says we've not made pathfinders, we've made test takers. If that, we, we're not even very good at that. <laughs> 
Well, Dr. Peterson, I'm curious. We have so many similar principles. We want to help people avoid the pitfalls of education and debt. And we're both kind of truth tellers in a world gone mad. And that can be countercultural, controversial, offensive at times. What is the secret sauce to really connecting with those people and getting them to change a paradigm and actually getting out of debt or doing that hard thing? Well, I, I think a huge part of that is to get them to start conceptualizing themselves as people who could be pursuing um, a goal that they found compelling rather than people who are driven by circumstances. I think it's 35, 40% of young Americans now feel they have no agency in their life. And you say, well, how do you, you have to entice people into, I suppose, the hypothesis of a vision. And you do that with, well, this, this meditative exercise, for example, that I described. Just imagine for a moment that you could have what you needed and wanted. And, and I mean, literally imagine that. Daydream, like you did when you were a kid. Now, you know, you want to bind that with a little bit of intelligent rationality. You you, you know, you, you don't want to be, if you're starting it from scratch, maybe you don't want to be thinking that in five years you're going to inhabit a 350-room mansion, you know, in, in Malibu, although stranger things have happened to people. You know, you want to, you want to develop your vision within the realm of possibility, but that doesn't. But and you and you should be honest enough with yourself so it's actually something compelling to you. You know the other thing we ask people to do, and I'm talking about this because it's very practical. Is you might say, "Well, I don't know what I want." It's like, okay, well, what other people have that that seems to work for them? You probably want a relationship. What's your vision for that? You probably want to have something approximating a family of some sort. What's your vision for that? Even if it's your parents, not children necessarily, not even a wife necessarily, some family connections, some friendships, some job or career, some educational goals, some strategy for dealing with temptations. That's five things. Some conception of how you would use your time intelligently outside of work. Um, some conception of how you might, what would you say, uphold your civic responsibility. Yeah, There's, there's sources of meaning that people that people generally have. Dr. Peterson, we are so looking forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for taking time out of your crazy schedule and spending a minute with us. Look forward to continuing this discussion a bunch. Thanks for coming on with us. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the invitation. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, folks, Dave Ramsey here. There are moments in life we don't want to forget, like your kid's graduation or the once-in-a-lifetime trip. For the big moments, the everyday moments, and everything in between, every dollar is there to help you budget for all of it. It's the simple budgeting app that helps you plan, save, and spend for the important things. Budget for the life you really want, every moment of it. Download the app or check the link in the show notes to create your free account today. Every dollar. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today. I was trying to give Dr. Peterson as much room as I could in that segment because uh, he always has a lot of uh, pretty interesting things to say. Uh, always keeps you on your toes for mm-hmm. sure. And uh, But I blew it in the process of doing that because I'm supposed to remind you guys out there that uh, Entree Leadership Summit is next week, and it is sold out. So if you don't have a ticket, you're not coming. Um, sorry about the FOMO, but um, it's 3,200 folks, and it's Malcolm Gladwell, uh, Willie Robertson, 
uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson, me, uh, Ken Coleman, Dr. John Deloney, many others, uh, Brian Buffini, several other people speaking and teaching on leadership uh, for three or four days in a row there at the uh, Great Opryland Hotel Resort. And uh, the bad news is you're not coming if you don't have a ticket. The good news is you can actually watch it if you want to see one of the premier leadership events in the world right now, including Dr. Peterson's presentation. Uh, you can actually watch it on a live stream, and you can purchase that. And you can do that from us at RamseySolutions.com. Just click on Entree Leadership Summit, and it will take you to the live stream. And there we'll go from there. So, George, uh, car payments... We talked about this earlier. Equal retirement. They're costing people a whole lot of wealth. And all your life, people have heard it's normal to have a car payment. But hear me out. The average car payment in America right now is around 600 bucks a month, uh, higher in some studies. And if you invested that instead each month into your 401k, a Roth IRA, you could retire with, get this, more than $7.1 million after 40 years of not having a car payment. So age 25 to age 65, $7 million bucks. So, George, if you're half wrong, they'd still be okay. That's still a good life, and you're still debt-free with no car payment. And that's why most millionaires, they pay cash for used, reliable cars and never lease or buy new. You see, building wealth is not some secret. You can learn the same plan that millions have used to pay off their debt, build wealth, and invest. And it's all in Dave Ramsey's best-selling books, The Total Money Makeover, and his newest Baby Steps Millionaires. And even better news, you can get them today for just 10 bucks each in our $10 sale. That's pretty wild. Pretty cool. All so, at RamseySolutions.com. Don't yeah. miss it out. And a lot of the, a lot, almost all of our books, Deloney's, Rachel's, Coleman's, that are number one bestsellers, all there on sale for $10 right now. So check them out. We've, that, ri- we've risen above inflation somehow here, Dave. Yeah, that sale doesn't last, um, well, not for long, because I, I did declare in a meeting the other day. It's the $11 sale next year, guys. No, it's going to be more than that, because our cost, our paper cost has gone through the roof. Mm. And, uh, man, it's costing us almost double what it used to cost us to build a book now wow so well, get um, it while you can then yeah welcome to um uh, owning a business welcome to businesses passing along inflation to you it's how it works <laughs> so, yeah it's how it works sorry except for the costco hot dog somehow yeah. they're still trucking along yeah i think that that's just a national treasure all right let's go to uh andrew in san jose hey andrew welcome to the ramsey show hi dave hey what's up so um, we've been working through Baby Step 2 for about four months and doing decent with it so far. But me and my wife are debating about having a birthday party for our two kids as her sister, who doesn't come down very often, is going to be over about two months, which lines up with that. Um, should I argue with her about it, or should I, should, should I just shut up and put it in the budget? I'm sorry. What, you're arguing about a birthday party for your children, whether you can afford that. Yes, what are you spending on? What are you spending on a birthday party for children? Not tons, but I'm just in. in well, what's a ton? Is that fifty bucks or five hundred bucks? Couple hundred bucks, probably. Like probably up to up to four to five, probably on the range. And these children are how old? One. Oh, they will be one and eight. Okay. All right. Uh, well, so the one-year-old birthday party is really for the adults. No, no, that's why I'm asking. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, you know, are people invited to this, a big party or inviting a lot of people, or is this more just for the family? Family. Okay. Does your, does your wife cook? Mm, She could. So she could like make a cake. 
like my mom she did for my birthday. One. I never had a store-bought cake until I was in college. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know you could get a cake at the store. I didn't know that was an option. And I and I haven't said that one time to a therapist. I've I've made it okay. So I mean, you know, Dunk, good old Duncan Hines, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So I mean, I think you could have a whale of a party for a hundred bucks if you kind of put your heads together. Yes, I think you ought to have a birthday party for your children. But do we have to have okay. um, six dancing ponies that cost two thousand dollars? No, we we'll have do to not. skip the petting zoo and the inflatables this year. Okay, so I'd say just go something more reasonable is the way to do it. Yeah, go, I, go I, to the I, dollar store and get some cheap decor and plates. It'll cost you <laughs> five bucks. Hey, and let me tell you what happens with Sharon and me, too, is we start arguing about concepts, and we've actually end up with actual similar numbers in our heads. Like, she's got this big party in her mind. For instance, maybe you got a small party in your mind. And if you actually sat down and wrote out what you were going to spend, both of you would probably wouldn't be that far apart. How could okay. we do how could we do the part you know a good question would be I think a party is very important this is you talking to your wife I think a party is very important it's really important for a 1 year old that we celebrate that we don't you only get one of those we don't want to miss out on that okay and um so let's have a big party how can we do that given that we have this goal of of trying to remain reasonable with our budgeting and and so what are you thinking of spending and how can we you know how can we do how can we get a lot of bang for our buck and I'll help, you know, um, I'll, I'll get out the directions and bake a cake. If you could do that, it wouldn't kill you. And, um, I could probably pull it off and I'm really suck in the kitchen, but I could probably pull off a cake. Might take a couple tries, but it'd still be cheaper than buying one. Dave just auditioned for the great British bake off. Just happened. There's a thing called the British bake. Off. It's big on Netflix. The kids watch it. Okay. But Andrew, the key here is you don't want to set you back on your debt free journey. You might be closer than you think you are when you have a discussion. That's not about do a party or not do a party. It's more about what do we spend on a party that is reasonable. And when Sharon and I start doing that, she's kind of talking in these flowery terms about buying you know redecorating the home and i'm like okay crap i just heard two hundred thousand dollars and she's thinking two thousand dollars i just wanted another thing in there you know and i'm like oh i should have shut up and listened okay because I, I i she said redecorate i heard 200 she was saying you know two thousand or three you know what i'm saying it's a yes difference. it's Sometimes communication you miss each other because all i hear is one thing in my head goes warning 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 yeah, you dig heard, into the details. You heard party, and you went. My budget is busted. I'm trashed. I Dave mean, Ramsey's going to come to my house and hit me with a baseball bat. No, none of that's true. Okay, it's not going to happen. Well, you can go to Costco and get two pizzas and a sheet cake for like thirty bucks and call it a day. See now, there you went buying cakes again. Uh, you can get a sheet cake at Costco oh, for yeah. thirty bucks. Yeah, they put your face on it. Whatever you want to do, they'll do it. How, how is it that you know this, George? I've been known to <laughs> shop put at your, Costco. To put your face on a. <laughs> You can do on anything. A, cake. <laughs> a George cake. Dave, I'm sure people have sent you cakes I'm, with your face I'm, on it. Has that yeah, not happened yet? We didn't eat those. No, that's that's not edible. There's food. something weird about cutting into your own face uh, and then eating it's it. Just, it's just it's uncomfortable. Wrong. It's just yeah. Oh. I worry about what's in that cake. But how do you, Dave? How do you grapple with folks that are in baby step two and things come up? We had one about a quinceanera, and she was going to spend eight thousand dollars because she needed to go on the cruise for her niece for the quinceanera, and we said, "Nope, you're not going on the cruise." Nope. So what is the, what are the boundary conversations you need to have? What are the financial pieces that you need to go all right well, I mean, set a budget what if, what if you had to do something you really couldn't afford what would you say 
I'd how, go how make the like, money to do okay. it. Okay. In order to make the 16-year-old niece happy, you need to buy her a $600,000 Bentley. You would go, well, that's stupid. Of course I'm not doing that. A, I don't have $600,000. B, I don't have a Bentley, so she's sure not getting one. So C, I hadn't been on a cruise, so I'm sure not going on one for you, you know. And I don't have $8,000 because I'm broke people in debt. Mm. But you gotta, you got to extrapolate this stuff in your mind to go with the absurdity of the request. If you, if you just pan back and go, what if it was add a zero to it? You would go, well, no. Well, that's the way we're looking at it when you bring up something like spending $8,000 on a child's, child's cruise while you're broke. Now we know why you're broke. This is The Ramsey Show. So here's a quick math refresher. There are only 24 hours in a day, so your business needs to streamline tasks that are time suckers and focus on activities that make money. So to reduce headaches as they scale, smart businesses use NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite helps you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform. So join the more than 37,000 smart businesses like Ramsey Solutions that have done the math and graduated to NetSuite. And right now you can download NetSuite's KPI checklist absolutely free at netsuite.com slash Ramsey. That's netsuite.com slash Ramsey. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Thanks for joining us. If you want to understand a little bit more about what's going on with all things Ramsey, uh, we've got a little free process to help you. Just go to RamseySolutions.com. Click the Get Started button. It'll help you ascertain where you are and what the next steps are to get where you want to be. Yeah, that's how that works. So get started at RamseySolutions.com. Of course, completely free. George Camel, Ramsey Personality, my co-host today. And Matt is in Portland, Oregon. Hey, Matt, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Sure, what's up? Um, I recently discovered your show and really can't get enough, so thank you. Thank you. I'm 52, yeah, I'm 52, my wife is 47, and our household take-home is roughly 8000 a month. We have a $34,000 in an IRA. Instead of traditional investing, we've gone the real estate route and currently have mortgages on three homes. One is a primary residence and two are rentals. Um, and... Just need some advice. I, I, up until I discovered you guys, um, this was our pretty solid plan. But uh, <laughs> um, is it too late to to go the traditional investing route? Or no, and it's not necessary mm-hmm. that you only do the traditional investing route. Um, I've got a bunch of real estate. As a matter of fact, I have more real estate than I have mutual funds because I love real estate like you do. Um, and so, you know, as long as we're building wealth somewhere, we're certainly not going to be out of there. What I, what I would want to do is I would want to lean in and have a plan to knock those mortgages out sooner rather than later without panicking about it. So what are the balances on these puppies? Let's see. Primary residence, 315, uh, rental number one is 200,000 and then rental number two is 225. Okay. All right. We do, we, you know, we, we can pay them off in 15 years. Um, yeah, you probably pay them off a lot faster than that. Probably yeah. pay them off in about eight if you lean into it a little bit. And um, 
So I, I would start, I mean, you, you throw your rents back at it, number one. You, you ought to be getting substantial rents on these things. What are, what are the, what's the $200,000 mortgage rental worth? Worth about three hundred right now. Okay. You're not making much on that one. What's the uh, 225 rental worth? That's worth about three fifty. We added a bathroom and and okay. did some stuff on that. Yeah, you're you're not you're not cash flowing a ton on either one of these. You're ma- you're making money, but you're not like bailing it or anything. No, no. Th- these were recent a- acquisitions, and uh, you know our our plan is to you know have them paid off in fifteen years. Yeah, and you can work that, but I, I would work towards paying them off faster. I certainly wouldn't add any more to this because you you don't have enough equity in these things for them to be making a ton of money. They're, you know, that that the, this will work out for you, but it's 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 not going to for a while. It's gonna you're, you're gonna be you know spinning your wheels for a little while because you just don't have any margin in these things. There's not enough equity for you to have big cash flow, and if you don't have big cash flow, you're not making big money translation right. every dollar you've put into this is not getting an roi yet except an increased value but you're not getting cash on cash rois not to amount to anything do you guys have any other debt uh we do have a car loan at fifteen thousand, but other than that no credit card debt what's your cash we position a, you said we we have we have about twelve thousand in the bank right now okay well First thing is you got to get your emergency fund up because you're sitting on a lot of debt and a lot of potential problems with no cash. You get right. two or three heat and airs go out or two heat and airs go out and a water heater blow between these three properties in a short period of span. You got a problem. You're going to be looking at debt. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you love both rentals or is there one of them that gives you a headache that you wouldn't mind selling? You just, you just got them. I mean, we, we've had them for a couple of years, or a year and a half. Um, okay. We did, do we love them? Yeah, one of them we really love. We're going to move into at some point, but uh, the other one is just a rental. Yeah. Well, point being, if you're gonna, if you want to hold these, if you want to clear them, that's fine. Get rid of them. It's not. You're not going to lose much. Uh, uh, if you want to play through on your plan, what you do need to do is continue to follow the baby steps. Get your emergency fund up. Uh, you need a pretty substantial cash position to be holding this kind of property, probably seventy-five grand, and you're sitting on twelve, and uh, because you've just got a lot of exposure that's going to have cash needs. And the problem is these things all come in threes. Believe me, I've been managing property for forty years, and so it's just it it's it's always the perfect freaking storm: basement leak, stupid car runs through the fence. I mean, it's something. It just when you own property, it goes with the territory. I love real estate, but it is a hassle compared to owning mutual funds. So number one, get your emergency fund up. Then number two, I would start with a two-pronged approach of getting these paid down pretty aggressively. And also, let's reach over and uh, uh, start that 15% going into retirement. And get rid of this car debt. Oh, definitely. Car debt's got to go before we do anything. That's uh, You're going to get rid of that tomorrow that that's just ridiculous yeah not the car but the car debt so first work your baby steps man you just start listening baby step one's a thousand dollars saved you've done that two is debt free but the house need knock out the car like george said three is three to six months of expenses saved for emergencies in your case i'm going to jack that on up to 75 because you got heavy expenses with these rentals that you don't have a cash position to cover then four is we start put 15 percent of our income into retirement you work all of that for the next uh, 15 years you're going to have a bunch of paid for property 
and you're going to have a pile of cash over in mutual funds also, and you're going to be in really good shape. But you're going to have to lean into it and be very intentional. Sometimes when people first start buying property, and you're a little bit further into this, you're not brand new, but we feel like uh, like it's magic and it automatically works, and it's anything but magic and anything but automatic. Well, everyone says it's passive income, Dave. There's I saw TikTok. passive about Anybody says real estate's passive income has never managed real estate. There's nothing passive about it. It's freaking active as it can be. That's an absurd butt statement when people say that. That's somebody selling a get-rich-quick thing on TikTok. You know, that's all that is. It's just not even real. All right. Amanda is in Cincinnati. Hey, Amanda, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, thanks for speaking with me. Sure. What's up? Um, so I've been listening for a couple months and trying to implement what I've been hearing. So my husband and I had whole life policies, so we got rid of those. Good. We went with standard, got term and policies, and we have three children, um, six and under, so we did the writer for the children good but um we have a whole life policy we were talked into getting for my oldest son when he was an infant and it's 15 years pay and we are six years in so should we get rid of that also sure okay absolutely sucks yeah the money you put into it you're going to get very little out of it has a horrible rate of return it is not good for saving money and it's not good for insurance you got him covered for insurance now with a rider right Correct. Yeah, and so now it's just the question is, is a whole life policy a good investment to which everyone in the financial planning world that doesn't sell that crap is laughing? Of course it's not a good investment. It's a horrible investment. Much better off to take any money you get out of that policy and any money you are putting into it monthly and put that in a good mutual fund in a 529 for his college. Mm. I thought, Dave, that whole life policies were going to start to die off, but it's only gotten louder with social media and index universal life and infinite banking and all these concepts now that are being those touted. Aren't, those aren't new, though. Those are 40-year-old ideas. They're making them fancy and slick now with well, one-minute videos. put them on Tic Tac with somebody with good hair, and all of a sudden everybody's talking about it. But, you know, it, it's just it's the same old crap. You know, it's just, it's, yes, Amanda, to answer your question, honey, get rid of your whole life policies. Mm. You've got the child covered. You don't even really need child coverage except enough to bury them if, God forbid, something happens. Because they're not creating an income that the household is dependent upon. You, however, are creating an income that the household is dependent upon. You need to replace that income with a big term life policy, 10 to 12 times your income. So you make 50000 you need five to 600000 on you to, co- to invest. That would then create 50000 and replace the income that is lost with the death of an income-producing adult. Children do not need life insurance except enough for quote, final expenses, we call it, to mm. not have to say. And insurance is not an investment. Don't believe anyone who says it Never. is. Never. Never. Listen, you don't get your muffler fixed at the transmission store. Don't go to life insurance people to do investing. That, you know, I you, seriously, no thank you. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, George Camel here. If you love the show and you want a deeper dive on your money journey, we've got a weekly newsletter that gives you helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for the newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. 
This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.